You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. Hey guys, we're here with uh, Shark, uh, and we're just going through his Tinder. Uh, Shark, can you give us another profile, please? Yeah. I'm going to change the names. Oh, you know, do you think they're going to listen? Yeah what, yeah, what are the odds of that, Shark? I don't know. Maybe Kayla, 31, who likes faith, family, and football. The Clemson Taggers, outdoor adventurous. It's quite simple. A woman's eyes should be so strongly fixed on Christ that any man attempting to reach her should seek him first. Oh, my God. Swipe. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I, can I, so I got, a, I got a bone to pick that specific one. If his, <laughs> eyes are, if his eyes are solely fixated on our Lord and Savior, then why would he even look at her? Yeah, yeah. She wants that. Is that what you're looking for? Because she yeah. needs to go. She needs to go to see the priest or something. Uh, yeah, she would have to like jump in the way of his like eyesight, you know, or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, look at me. Uh, no, get out of the way, demon woman. You hussy, Jezebel. Ooh, here we go. Dara, 25. Dara, Brazilian okay. exchange in Columbia, South Carolina. She likes Ooh. to travel, road trip, cook, and laugh. Oh my God, you're so wow. unique. Yeah. Are you, that's a swipe right, I take it, for you? I mean, of course, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Rachel, she's 28, a program director. She graduated at the University of South Carolina in 2014. She's a big career girl, SC native, USC grad. For those that don't know, that's so we don't confuse it with University of Southern California. <laughs> Hashtag forever to thee. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, Shark, Shark, do you still hold your idea that, what is it, Southern Carolina girls are the hottest in the world now that you're yes. a world traveler? Yes. Okay. What about, like, the – I feel like you're, you're talking about overseas, too. I've heard, like, yeah. go to Spain, it's unreal. Well, I don't I, have any – I can't speak to it. I don't have any experience. Oh, uh, Okay. I would but think, so like, far. Eastern European would be eh. not the best. Oh, not the best. Like, I, I think there's a lot of supermodels from that or, or like, the area. But, like, I wouldn't be, like, if I'm talking about, like, supermodels that I would be looking for, I don't. I feel like I'm not going for that. I feel like I, I, I don't know. Maybe, I think I, I, I'm more of a like a bar Raphael, like not her specifically, but like, I think the Israeli chicks are pretty hot. Um, the Brazilian chicks are pretty hot too. Uh, I don't know. I like a little bit more melanin in there. He's, but. I mean, I don't know, man, you know, and, uh, but you're saying in the United States though, as far as you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, I would say in the South, US. South Carolinians, huh? Yeah. You got to admit some bias there, though. I do. Do you think I have bias? Yeah, ninety uh, percent. Yes. <laughs> well. Well. So, uh, did we all watch the uh, memorial service? Yeah. On this more serious note, because this is probably what we, this is probably what we, I think something's probably more on all of our minds. If I could talk, I, I just decided to repeat myself. Uh, yeah, I think our dear friend, former Baron Slag, is probably heavy on all of our minds. But um, I don't know. I, I watched. I caught the end of it. Uh, I caught his buddy um, talking about him, and then the Reverend. Um, what about you guys? Yes. I mean, so I got it uh, from the beginning, I think. But I heard those and his his buddy did a really good uh, They all did a really good job, but his buddy did a cool job of um, talking about his memories and stuff like that. That kind of <laughs> got me. Yeah, those, yeah. Were, those were pretty funny. Yeah. I, I was glad that it was funny, you know, and it was like, yeah, that's a great way to remember him, you know, like uh, and then definitely like 
when he played Highway to the Danger Zone for 15 seconds, and he was like, you didn't think I was going to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, I kind of hope he doesn't, but then I'm like, I'm glad he did. You know, hey, got this, <laughs> yeah. this out here. There's a lot of things, um, I don't know, it, it, it was kind of funny to hear him, because, so I didn't hear the whole story, so I take it, did he, did his buddy fly the bone also? I, I couldn't glean that from what he was saying, but I think that's that's the case. Okay. And then they're also childhood friends, too. Yes. That's probably why he wanted to go to Bone. He was, like, wanting to be with one of his homeboys or something. And, I mean, Bone looks pretty cool, but. Did you just yeah. say that? I mean, it looks cool. Didn't say it fucking is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but these are semantics. This is about slag here. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we're all kind of, I don't know, maybe, we've, I guess this has never been a podcast to shy away from, like, the tough issues. So, I, Definitely I don't know. I, I've got some thoughts on a lot of this, um, about it. I don't know. I think a lot of us are just really, just, really just questioning, you know, like, man, like, what, what happened, um, you know, like I th- and it kind of sucks. We don't have answers. Not to say it's all about us, but you just want to know, like, man, I, I, it makes you reconsider, like, your relationship with Slide there. And um, I don't know. Like I said, I, yeah, I don't know what you guys have. I'm talking a lot, but what are you guys thinking? Well, yeah, that's good. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think it was. It it is interesting like we all want to know why i guess, i suppose for closure but i wonder like it's obviously not going to fix anything right but um right. i mean t- talking to people really helped me and just like you know dealing with it i don't know if it ever really sunk in or if it's kind of supposed to or if it did but i just didn't feel it you know it's like it just feels so odd you know uh so abstract you know what i mean it's yeah. hard to grasp and I said, and I'm not trying to say this is one, like, and I'm sure there's going to be people who tune in and, like, listen to this. Like, I don't want them to think that, like, I'm blaming on anybody because I, I truly am not, like, um, I, I don't know what's going on. But, like, I kind of, like, and I think me and Sharp, we talked about this for a second, but we kind of assumed, like, maybe it was, like, a new, like, a, he was in a new place because he's only been there for, what, like, two, well, I guess it's been a lot, decent amount of time, probably two years about, right? Um, I know they weren't flying for a little while, but he's probably he was there for about two, a little over two years, um, flying the B1. And um, I'll say like maybe I don't know, maybe he just didn't fit in or something, or maybe like he didn't really have any bros. But like I talked to one of my other buddies that I actually played football with, and he flies the bone now, and he knew him pretty well, and it sounded like he had some good friends, and he even listened to his buddy talk about him, and it sounds like like. One thing that again that puzzled me after hearing it was just like he said he was like I we all knew he's super sharp dude um, uh, and he was driven to be better but like and we kind of knew like he was already a aircraft commander in the buff and then so we figured when he goes over the bone he's probably going to upgrade pretty quickly but I didn't hear this but like he's he was going to go to weapon school, um, which I don't know if he said he got a uh, weapon school slot or he was playing on going or what. I didn't hear that. But the fact that he was going to go to weapon school um, in a new, completely new airframe, like that's to me. I'm like, man, he had a whole so much stuff going on, like all these good things. I'm like, man, why? And I don't think we're going to obviously we're not going to have an answer, maybe. But it's just it's just I don't know. There's something that just doesn't set with me, and it's not like a good, bad. It's just kind of, it is. Um, it kind of, I think, like you said, or, uh, I think it's just not having that closure, um, you know? Yeah, but is it, isn't that, like, the issue? Like, one of the, and Port can probably speak to this as kind of not the resident expert, but as someone who's been, like, trained on this topic and stuff, but isn't that kind of, like, the issue with suicide is, like, like people that are willing to commit suicide, like don't realize what they have, you know, and like people looking on the outside can provide perspective on their, their life. And that's why they should seek help, you know? Yeah. I think like, I mean, 
with like chemical imbalances and that type of stuff, like if you get into that aspect of it, um, people could get down, go down a really dark path. I mean, I think we've all kind of been there in like at least a moment of just like we. I mean, I'm not saying this happened to him, but like of uh, where you get down on yourself and you just don't see things around you. You know what I mean? Like uh, hypo, like in the figurative sense, you know, like you don't see all you have. And it's just like kind of caving in on you, you know? So yeah. that could like spiral out of control. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, it's a good point. Like people have to kind of pull you out. But I think what I really, um, I suppose, learned from this was like, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I always thought that maybe like people could uh, not save people, you know what I mean? But like, you could tell the signs and like you could see the chain of events, you know, but I mean, really, if it comes down to it, anybody could do something to themselves, you know, without people knowing, you know, um, so uh, it's like a half and half, right? It's like the person has to not to like put disparaging things on him or, or anybody like, but the person has to reach out and who knows if he did or not, you know, but the person has to reach out and then the other person has to be able to um, talk with them as much as possible. You know what I mean? That's what I think so many people were, that's where all a lot, a lot part of the hurt comes from is like, you know, I guess some of the why and the closure, but people are like, man, it, you know, if you called me, I would have talked to you for, I mean, for all day. Yeah. I guess that's, I think that's the biggest thing is like, I hope he, this is the biggest thing is I hope he knew that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like that, I think that's kind of like, not to say this wrong, I think there's a lot of validity to it, but a lot, I think a lot of the cases happen where, you know, they did reach out, but they're not going to come out and say, hey, I need help right now because like it's very, right. not say they're not going to. But in rare occasions, does that happen where they say, hey, I need help right now? Um, and there are there are plenty of stories that happens. But I think on the majority, it's more kind of action based, not um, verbal. And we can always say like, well, like I, th- I think a lot of that puts a, a little bit of unfair blame on the individual as well like well i wish you would have reached out if you would have just reached out to me i could have been there to listen and then saved his life or something like well we don't know that for sure and then also like why didn't why didn't one of us just say hey slag i was thinking about you today how's it been going you know not to say that would have fixed it either but um so um yeah and for those who don't know I, i don't think we ever reached on topic but one of our one of the guys that we worked with for a long time um in different eras and different shapes and uh, or not different eras but at different times and different forms of closeness i guess uh he died a couple weeks ago weekends ago um of suicide and um his memorial service or his uh funeral was today so that and that person is slag and that's what we're talking about so just to kind of bring everybody in for those who aren't in the know yeah, and to give, like, context of what I know, I mean, I talked to him, like, two weeks before. Um, oh, no shit. Yeah, just happened to be because the, I don't want to get too far into it, but the buff is going from five-person crew to a four-person crew in, like, a decade or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And we had a conference, and I was trying to get his opinion on it and also to, like, check in with him. But, I mean, it is true. It's like I've, I thought about him so many times, and then I did, like, why didn't I just send a text, you know? And, and, and again, like, not that's going to totally save everything right but um just that idea of like checking in with people and then uh and uh yeah and and a mutual friend of ours hung out with him friday night you know before it happened and she said he was fine so no shit uh yeah put it in the chat if you wouldn't mind but um yeah and um the other thing too i talked to shark actually about what we were talking was um hold on a sec uh was like when i had that anxiety attack that i was talking about last podcast it was like hard for me to like you guys are saying it's like hard for me to like like i called people and i was like hey can we hang out or something and then but it was hard for me to say like i need to talk to somebody you know like i need to hang out with somebody please come uh here at this time or something or like let me come over but yeah I mean, everybody was very uh, amicable, kind of, you know, and like candid. <clears throat> but it was, it was still like, it's, it's, it's always much harder than you think it is to say it outright. And I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the funny part too, is because I it think takes vulnerability. 
Right. And I think everybody would be receptive to it. You know what I mean? Like if somebody called me and said, hey, man, I need to talk to you. Can you come meet me at the coffee place or can I come over to your house? I'd be like, I drop everything and like let them come over. You know what I mean? Or like grab, you know, go to grab them or meet them or whatever. But um, but it's just so hard to get that out. You know, and I mean, sometimes I've I mean, it was even hard last podcast to you know, bring it up to you guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> because yeah, again, it's a vulnerability, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a huge part of it too, right? Yeah, unfortunately, suicide is like, uh, I mean, it's what they say, I guess, is that you don't want to be a burden on others, you know? Um, yeah, but that's one of the we motivating all, factors, yeah. Right, and we all, but we all know that everybody doesn't, like, everybody you could reach out to people and people would be very receptive and like help you. You know what I mean? They're welcome you with open arms, you know? So the shitty part is like everybody. So like, just like you were saying, I I think 99 times out of a hundred, if you tell somebody like straight up, like, Hey, I am not in a good place right now. Like you've used, if you use the code word, you know, like, Oh, I'm not in a good place right now. And I need somebody to talk to. Of course, I think most people are going to get those and like, Oh shit. I need to fucking <laughs> like drop everything. Like you said, drop everything, but it just always happens. And like, I, it, it makes me think, cause I've had a, like a, more than my fair share of people commit suicide in my life. And it's always one of those things. Like you look back and like, man, I wish I would have just talked to this person like one more time. And kind of after the fact, um, just look at them or like, just, you know, anytime you think about it, I'm like, hey, why not, why didn't I just send that person a text and check in on how they're doing, you know, or something along those lines. But I kind of now I just lost my train of thought. I do this all the time. <laughs> but, uh, like when I, th- I think where I was going with it was. Sure, it's, it's nice when somebody does that, but it's not really going to happen and i think we all get a chance uh, this i think where i was going how many times has somebody hit you up and like hey um you want to hang out and you're like ah man nah i'm good uh like or like you just come with you so you just don't answer your phone or something and you don't you just take it for granted because like you know them as a genuinely happy person i know of probably there's there's one person i think about maybe maybe one or two people that like, I know if they call me, usually they're hitting me up for a certain reason. And like, I will always, cause I, I don't know, that's dark, but I, I just know, I just kind of think I know them and I would rather not take a chance if that makes sense. Yeah. And I would rather pick up the phone no matter what, even if I'm annoyed with them, you know? Yeah. And especially when somebody reaches out out of the blue too. Um, right. But I mean, it's so like, I mean, we're all kind of saying the, I think we're in agreement here of like, it's so, um, what is it like cryptic or kind of like you could like nobody, it, there's no like code to it. You know what I mean? I mean, there is, if they say it kind of outright or, you know, the, the typical words, but like, there's no way to tell the difference. You know what I mean? Like when, when somebody calls you, it's not like your phone tells you the difference or something, you know, um, <laughs> Would but, that be something? talk about yeah. AI. <laughs> yeah, no. Boy, Elon on that. All I'm looking for is spam protection. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, actually, my phone does an okay job of that. But um, Elon, if you're listening, it's like Elon, if you're listening, like we need yeah. this AI on the phone. <laughs> well, it might be part of the Neuralink, but yeah. And, uh, these guys, I got some people who I'm like, nah, you can have that. <laughs> oh sorry quick sidebar oh my god he tried to tell me he's like i want to get the neural link because it's going to make me be able to run so fast and run forever i'm like bro you're still going to be human it's not going to he's like i'll be able to run like 17 miles and my heart rate's not going to increase i was like bro it's not going to just like take control of your muscles and just start making a move he's like, it made a guy who's paralyzed walk i was like what no and sure enough it was not true but well, I wonder. I, yeah, I don't think it's there. Yet. I mean, it's not. It's nowhere really yet. But yeah. I wonder if it could. Um, I wonder if it could get you to actually figure out the limits, the true limits of your body. You know what I mean? I think it probably. I think it probably could get you a lot closer to that. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, back on. <laughs> yeah. So when I when I talked to him, man, you know, like actually, Lord kind of put it uh, interesting. Like, um, he was a complex guy. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's not like he wasn't the type. I don't know who's the most like bubbly person we know. I don't know, but it's uh, not like he was always jumping off. Bubbly. Yeah, maybe Spice. Um, but like, it's not like he was like her, like like jumping off of walls and like that type of stuff. That wasn't his like personality. You know what I mean? So he oh, seemed no, I think fine. Back, uh, old fucking Charger. Oh, Charger. Sure. <laughs> He's the one jumping off the walls. Okay, sorry. Anyways. Actually, I think Spice was closer just because she's more, like, bubbly and a little bit, like, to the grounded level versus Charger's just, like, sporadic, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, Slag was, like, he seemed fine, and he talked, he was talking about Wick, too, and so it was, like, he had something going. So, yeah, I don't, you know, it's, it's very tough. Uh, yeah. And, and he, go ahead. As you said, Fetch came came through, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, dude, I love Fetch. She's like <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of the video. Like, I'm maybe at some point uh, during this in this podcast, <laughs> we'll talk about some of our favorite slag moments. But <laughs> like when we did the eat up video, uh, he was featured, and he's like, "Tell Fetch I love him." That's pretty much what I want like, all the time. Like, Fetch, you're amazing. I, like, I every like there's there's not a, there hasn't been a time where I haven't been surprised by Fetch. Like, sure, t- sometimes Fetch is kind of goofy, but like, man, he's one hell of a leader. But, anyways, yeah, and that's that. You know, the other tough thing too was like, um, when it, you know, like when you hear the news, it's not like you're gonna go out and like, I don't know, be the first to text everybody. Or like want to be that person, you know what I mean? But you also want to make sure people know, you know. So that 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 was part of the tough part too. But I was talking to uh, Biff about that, and he was kind of just like, if it, I would say if it comes to your mind to tell, you know, make check in on somebody, make sure that they know or something like that, then do that. Otherwise, it's okay not to blare it out. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Were you gonna say something, Shark? Uh, I mean. I I just how much I appreciate luxury and I kind of talked about this earlier this week I guess uh, just how much effort Fetch put into like reaching out to everybody and making sure that like he said something about it you know and kind of I think Fetch's like strong suit is acknowledging that he never stopped being like our commander in a sense you know what i mean like like although there was a change of command he was still a commander for like that group and like knew how that group was affected by this incident you know yeah yeah uh and like to have someone that understands that you know and like to be as upset as he was, because I like I spoke to him on the phone, and he was just like, "Dude, I go through like hours, like hour fits of like anger and being like terribly upset, you know." Yeah. Um, and you know, Fetch was like one thing that, uh, and he said this to Biff. He didn't say this to me, but he was like one thing that, like, you know, is kind of strange is that. When someone, when a guy's like your exec and he's the guy that works directly for you, like that's a different relationship that you have with that person than somebody who is just like another person in the squadron, you know? And not to say that like he wouldn't equally be affected by somebody else doing the same thing from that group of individuals, but like it's just like it hit him so hard, you know? Yeah, and to to like to be that affected by it, and to have that amount of empathy is just so rare. And uh, yeah, you know, I yeah. I hope he I hope he continues in his career. You know, because uh, we need more people like that. You know. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the uh, portion of the podcast where Shark uh, kisses up to Fetch. (laughs) Just like Fetch will never, he'll always have a place in our heart. Shark will always have a place to. (laughs) I'm just to be a butt shark. Yes. 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 Uh, 
my flight commander was telling me they might let me keep my call sign. Oh. Why wouldn't they? Quick sidebar. Uh, I mean, some people in the F-16 are like, well, that's a B-52 call sign, so... Uh, but They're fucking idiots. I know, she was kind of <laughs> like, well, you've probably dropped more bombs than, like, all the people in this squadron combined, so I would <laughs> imagine that uh, you could keep your call sign. Yeah. If you want to. And I was like, of course I want to. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, some good memories about Slag that you can uh, oh. think of <laughs> off the top of your head. Like, uh, I, uh, like, so we were really close because. <laughs> sorry, I mean, or, sorry. Quick sidebar. Can I close that that thought real quick? Yeah, yes. go ahead. You said you shark. said this is the portion where where fetch where uh, shark sucks up to fetch, and then I was thinking about the butt shark thing. What about the shark thing? Well, that like I have to tell that story again. No, you, you're. Right. Oh, you mean at, at at in Viper? Oh Lake? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you better tell it right, Shark. You better not <laughs> fucking get away with anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's gonna be sort of like, why do they call you Shark? Oh well, you know, because this is I was just a shark in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be you know sneaking around no, just my no, no, just my fins up. I have to tell it right because the story is so funny that it would be just another justification. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's also, but like, it's one of those things where like the origin story is, it was like, it's one of those things like you had to be there. So like, I was, I was trying to tell somebody the story before as well. And it's like, if you're not there, you don't understand. Like, so you gotta have a good setup. You gotta have a good setup, man, or else it might yeah. fall. So Work on I don't it, I think so. I, I've told a couple people that story, and they were like, oh, that's actually a really funny story. So I think I have it pretty well doped out. But All right. Uh, well, I wouldn't tell too many more people, because then if everybody knows it, then they're not going to laugh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, anyways, so slag. So I have really something funny. I, I was watching a show, uh, and somebody said party bot, you know? It was like this week I was watching some show and somebody said something about somebody being a party bot. And I was like, oh, man, Slack. Like, yeah. I remember we used to call him party bot. Dude, he would flip <laughs> a switch, man. I, I don't I never understood. <laughs> Sorry, I have hiccups right now. Like, uh, my first deployment. Uh, I'll, since we're on the party bot. Because I got a few stories about Slack. But, uh Hit me. First, our first deployment. I think it was his first deployment as well. We went to Guam, and we were all uh, fungus together. That's like fucking new guys to the rest of the world. And uh, he, but he, and we all knew him. He's just like very kind of by the book, very robotic, and that's kind of that's where the bot part came from. And I will tell, I always say this though. Anytime we went out, I was like, man, I don't know. It's like it's Slag. This is obviously Slag has a call sign now. But um, I was like, I don't know. And then people were like, yeah, we call him Party Bot. I was like, what? It's like, no, like this dude, he's so uptight. Like he doesn't want to do anything. He's just so quiet. And then you get some liquor in this man. And oh my God, he was dancing full. He'd be running, uh, going around like the biggest smile on his face. And just and he could actually like dance a little bit. And I was just like, wow! Like I would have, of all people, I would have never guessed. Like Glo- like I remember I was talking to Glow, and she was like, oh, you'd be surprised. And he gets out there and he gets after it. And sure as shit, he was cutting a rug to use the old person's term. And nice. man, it was just, it was it'd be hilarious. Just like I think we I forget the name of the bar, but it was downtown uh, Tumon. It was Tumon Bay, I think, in Guam. And it wasn't a bar, it was more like a club. And I remember a big group of us, like, it was, like, me, Glow, I think, um, I couldn't think of, I was going to say his, his real name, but he was one of our Intel guys at the time. I don't think he has a call sign. Um, eh, um, Spy, Swift, Slag, um, there's a good amount of guys. I think even, um, 
even old uh, damn, I can't remember his name right now. But he, uh, there's a good amount of us out there, and I just remember uh, Slag just going around dancing with all like these uh, Japanese tourists and stuff, and just having a good old time. It was hilarious. But um, I and I, I said I got a few other stories too. But man, part he he was definitely a party bot because uh, you would never you would, he was like a robot. You just you would I would have never guessed that he actually would like loosen up like that. It was kind of funny. It was it was also kind of funny to hear his buddy's stories because I could completely because he they talk about like just doing nerd shit, you know, like land parties and hiking, <laughs> like having uh you know having um like hiking trips where they would say like goofy like middle ages things and i was like that's completely slag but also um like i can i can see that him like him like that the day-to-day it's just kind of funny so yeah he was really he was really multifaceted go ahead what was that thing about this voyage is blessed or something? That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. the gods! The gods have blessed this voyage or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they uh, what was it? Stairway to heaven. When they did the, that's yeah. Yeah. actually yeah, like that story was like perfectly him, right? Like they're doing the hike, like the outdoors, almost like the Triton type of thing, you know, yeah. like exploring, and then they go to this random ass band that they happen to like. Again, go rave basically, you know. Yeah, and it was like, and that, like that, and that. What did he say? Coheed and Cambria. Oh, was is that what it was? I think that was the band. So like, I don't really listen to them. I know Ragin loves them, but um, I've heard them a couple times. Like, it's like a metal band, right? Yeah, and, I love them. Like, it just doesn't like. I couldn't see Swag listening to that, but I could see him also listen to that. Uh, and he was just the type of person like he just do random shit. Like again, like anytime we were deployed. Like, you just see him walking. Like, he'd always, like, have, like, a funny look on his face, and he'd always be, like, walking with one ear, like, because he'd uh, always have, like, the in-ear headphones. And he'd be, like, walking around, and, he'd, like, he'd, like, constantly look like he was about to put one one in, like, one um, of the earphones in his ear. I don't know why I remember this. <laughs> he always looked like that, and, like, he, like he was talking to somebody. He's always looking like he was about to put it in. But he would just go run, and he actually could run pretty well for being like a bigger dude. Like he was a football player. If you didn't know, uh, also he played college football. I mean, granted it was like D three. I used to just fuck with him on that. Cause he's like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you played real football, huh? I was like, Oh, okay. D three Illinois. I'm not shitting on him. It's, I am, but not, but you know, it's, uh, Tell us about I got, playing D one football. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, back in my day when I played division one, uh, one double A. <laughs> but um, no, it's just kind of funny. Um, I think it was D three. It might have been D two, but and I think he was like a D end or something like that. But anyways, he was uh, like, I mean, he was in pretty good shape, but it was just kind of kind of funny to see him just like running around like man he actually runs pretty good <laughs> for being a little bit bigger of a guy uh relatively so yeah man yeah I, I, <laughs> unless somebody else got a story about him i i, I could keep fucking going i mean go <laughs> all right well another slag so another slag story i remember and I, for those who know me, actually know me, like, you know, I have a fucking sweet tooth, like a motherfucker. And my usual Sunday ritual is I wake <laughs> up to like a podcast or I'll, I'll go to church. Uh, most times I'll come back, go to like, listen to a podcast while I'm making breakfast. And I always on Sunday, I make a thing of cinnamon rolls. And like, usually it's those ones you got the pop cans, those like eight cinnamon rolls and sure enough we're deployed like again this is our first deployment in guam um i'd make cinnamon rolls and i just for whatever reason i don't know what happened but like there we had because you're all on the street to get like you're all live on the same kind of street in different houses and uh i had put (laughs) i had made cinnamon rolls that morning and it came at nighttime and like i was saving them because this guy i didn't work out or something like that so i had like four of them left sitting out on the stove and I just remember watching TV or something. It was like, there's a couple of us. It might have been me, Lord, and um, maybe Cutthroat or something. We were just sitting there watching TV. And people were running around. And we had left our, 
like the garage port door open and didn't even hear it open. And there's people outside and I was like, what's going on? And I go out there and this fucking guy slag is just, I see him chewing on someone that's like, like you're like a dog, like, you know, like what's that chewing your mouth? <laughs> like what are you doing? And he's like, they're like kind of looks at any deer in headlights, and he like starts uh, like just scarfing it down. I was like, what? And then like I see this bag, like, I see this bag of crinkled up uh, peanut M and M's. I always like every time I flew, I had a little lunchbox, and I would always get like you know candy from like a snick a Snicker or a bag of peanuts or a bag of like chocolate M and M's. And put them in my lunchbox, and this fucking guy had eaten my cinnamon rolls and eaten the peanut M and M's, just crunched them up, uh, threw the bag on the ground, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was so pissed off at him. And good guy slag, he like he's like, "Hey," and because he's drunk, everybody was drunk, uh, obviously except for me. But um, he he like the next like the next day, like I told him I was pissed off at him, and he ended up buying me like a like a big bag of M and M's. I was just mad. And I was like, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't want anything. But so I I had ended up working, you know, duty dog or something because I was still a young dude. And I brought him in and <laughs> and I just put him on the duty dog desk. Um, yeah. So that was kind of swag. I was just like, <laughs> it, no. And and tell the tell the thing about it. He would walk by. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. So. Like, and everybody that like, kind of eat, like, because this is up since it was a big bag. And I, I this, there's a second part of this story. And, like, I would just see him, like, because he, he, he had people who were, like, they're pickers or, like, you know, they're, they're the type of person you get trail mix. Like, they'll, they'll reach in the bag, grab, you know, a handful, and they'll just pick out what they like, and they'll put it back, or they'll just eat the one piece at a time. Kind of like, uh, the, ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Uh, he's kind of like that. So he, put the big bag on the step desk and he walked by, he grabbed like every time he walked by, grab one stick in his mouth, keep moving. Um, come back by, leave the mission planning room. This is for the Tropicana. For those of you guys who've been in there, you know that there's a little step desk that wraps around and, uh, pick up a piece, kind of walk around back towards the, uh, towards the skiff and back town where the bobs live, eat a piece of candy, keep it moving. Cause he was the exec at the time. And it's just funny, like, I'd always see him going back. No one else is really eating the, <laughs> eating the M&M's, but he bought this bag of M&M's for me. I bring it in, and he starts eating the, eating the M&M's. And one night, they were, they were flying, like, a higher headquarter mission. And uh, so I, and I was, since I was duty dog, I had it on shift from, like, I want to say it was, like, 7 at night till 7 in the morning, we'll say. And I'm just, like, sitting there, you know, studying, doing whatever. And I think I was even just like, I was, I got to find like a secret computer and I could, you know, look up some like bids from like live feeds or whatever was going on around the world. So I was just like, just sitting around being bored. And I see slag come out of the corner out of nowhere, just like emerge out of the shadows. And this whole time I thought I was the only person in the building. And I was like, what in the world? And <laughs> he walks by and he's like, Hey, what's up? I was like, not much. And then he goes, picks a piece of candy and walks by. And I'm like, what? And I like looked at my watch and it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, on like a weekday. It's like Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I just like looked at him. I was like, what is going on right now? And then about 15 minutes later, I see this. He comes by, swings by, goes in the mission planning room, pops out of there. Like two seconds later, grabs a piece of candy and keeps walking, keeps walking, or keep grabs one M&M and keeps walking. And I'm like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, just uh, just creeping, you know, working on some whatever he was doing as the exec. I was like, I was thinking, like, dude, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Go home. Go to sleep. <laughs> and the next morning, he, like, he showed up. Then again, he shows up right on time. Like, we all, I think we always went to work at, like, 8.30 or 8.45. It was the morning brief. And he was there. And I was like, man, well, good on you, bud. That's, a, that's some serious commitment. Yeah, he stopped. Dude, he he was the he was the he was a, he was a robot. Yeah, it was. Uh, so he he was already before me, and so he gave me like a lot of continuity and really helped me out a lot. 
Um, so we got pretty close with that stuff. But I remember, I would remember he would like, he would like send emails, and I would check them, and they'd be at like 1 a.m. or something on like a weekday. And then yeah, he'd be back at work the same the next day, just like fine. Man. It's it's like what are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> his work ethic was like um, just insane. It was top notch. I don't know. Like yeah. I said, I I don't recommend that life. Like I don't and I don't condone it. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure but man like i i just couldn't believe it and he uh his his attention to detail was incredible too impeccable oh, yeah. I, I would say oh for sure and i think uh i will talk about his attention to detail i know shark you were talking you're talking about even just from our uh the combat deployment we had just how he kind of set up everybody for success with the awards i don't know if you want to talk about that but oh i mean like Slag is the reason that we all have all of our air medals and we're not chasing shit down like two years, three years later. You know what I mean? Like, which is pretty standard across the Air Force. Like, people were waiting on shit, you know? Um, And that dude was like, I mean, I think I submitted all that stuff to him and he spent like five hours, like, the final night of the deployment, like making sure that it was all like on the group commander's desk, like ready to go. I mean, it just like, it seemed like it wasn't about him or like uh, anything. It was just like, I have to do this for the squadron, you know? And uh, I just, his like character is just insane to me. I, I just, uh, the the more I think about it, like he was just a great guy. Like, yeah. Um, and like, I don't think he had a mean bone in his body. You know, like he did tell I me to. Uh, he he did tell me to fuck off one time. <laughs> <laughs> he could get angry, but it was like, yeah, it was, he, it was my he, fault. <laughs> <laughs> he can get mean, yeah, but he's uh, I mean, but like, it wasn't ever like. It was probably just pissed at it you, but it wasn't. Yeah. And yeah, it probably his, wasn't uh, malicious. He had a really good moral compass, too, you know? Yeah. It, it, I never know. Should I speak of, of him in the past? I feel like I should speak of him in the present, really. I, I mean, this is going to sound, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to sound callous, but, like, does it matter? I think it's the fact that we're talking about him. It's probably what's important, but. Yeah, well, I guess because I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it's like he was a good guy, but he is a good guy, you know, like, uh, yeah. like I want to keep him in my memories, you know what I mean? Right. Like but still you, you present. Can, you can do that and talk about him in the past tense. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I suppose so. Anyways, we're we're we're, we're getting to the weeds. Do do you see him there with you, Fort? Yeah, he's talking to me right now. <laughs> he's saying that Fetch likes him more than he likes Shark. <laughs> he said he was a better exec. <laughs> you, you, you gotta get yourself checked out, man. Tell <laughs> yeah, Fetch I love and him. While, and while you're at it, get that slide checked out, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, what's so, our So. Or go. So, okay. I, coming out of the weeds just a little bit, I mentioned something to Luxury that I think is worth talking about. Um, just on the topic of suicide, since the lap of Luxury never strays away from the hard issues. We have no uh, balance. Yeah. Uh, we talk about controversy here, and if you're if you're not ready for it, you should just, you know, go listen to uh, somebody else. You know, please subscribe. Though. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Go ahead. Click unsubscribe and then resubscribe, and that will up the subscription numbers. Um, so I, I, I think it's really a failure that like suicides are not mentioned in the Air Force more. You know, like. We hear about it in the news, but like it is not a command level sort of like, hey, this person committed suicide like this happened, you know, mm-hmm. um, to 
bring it out in the open, you know? Kind of like well, they do with safety investigations, you know? Oh, you're saying they don't, like, look into it, basically? Well, I, it's not that they don't look into it. It's that they don't, like, bring it into the culture of, like, hey, this is something we can fix and, like, we can try and do better and we can have this out in the open and we can have conversations about this and we can make people feel comfortable like coming forward when they need help, you know, by addressing these issues and talking about them, you know, because like, I do think, I think a good parallel and I kind of just thought about this. I'm kind of spitballing right now, but uh, when you look at like the safety investigation boards, like, you know, they do these incidences, we get in a room, we talk about it, and it, like, gets people in the mindset of, like, I have to speak up when something, when I'm screwing something up or somebody else is screwing something up because it's a safety concern and I don't want people to die. You know what I mean? And I think along yeah. those same lines, it's it's important for the Air Force to do the same with suicide, you know? Uh, and kind of bring it out in the open and talk about it, you know, even if it's in another community, uh, it would be worth like, I, I, you know, wish that I had heard from something from my commanders, like, Hey, there was a guy in the B1 community that committed suicide, you know, uh, and just kind of to get that out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I suppose they could. I, I mean, that is a good um, idea. But you could also, like, bring people together and do one, too. I mean, our squadron commander actually did one um, where he pulled us all in. So, I mean, have you talked about, yeah. it, about it with your your squadron at all? Well, no. I mean, a couple, I've told a couple guys in my squadron, but, like, I don't know. Sorry. I, I just... I don't I don't want to get too preachy with it and I'm kind of the new guy in the squadron, you know, and I just uh I don't know. It's just Yeah, but I mean dude, I think you could. But yeah, yes, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I mean, a lot of it is like I wonder how far it gets briefed up. You know, I would think it like the wing commander would know or somebody, you know. So it I mean it is a good point. Um, I no right. I'll I'll talk about that offline. I mean, I mean, my my bigger point is that like you know, when there's an accident, like when somebody crashes an airplane and people die, right? The entire air force hears about that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, at least on the air crew side, right? Yeah. Why? Why is it gonna like that with suicide? You know, uh, that's a good point. My <clears throat> the only thing I could think of is maybe because it would happen too often. You know, um, maybe it's not. Like, uh, I'll get into that. Well, but. wouldn't wouldn't the general population be more inclined to fix it if yeah. we understood how often it happened? Yeah, I think so. I think people like like hey, like these are, I I don't know how many are happen every day, but <clears throat> you know, I gotta imagine it's in the order of magnitude of at least a handful every day in the in the Air Force, which is still is still a pretty big tragedy, you know. Yeah, I'd I'd be I mean, scared if it got people got numb to it though too, you know. You're like ah. Well, but do we ever get numb to Class A mishaps? No, we don't. You're right. You're not wrong. I mean, it's, it's just like it, it's it's if you want to fix the problem, you got to put it out there in the open, you know, uh, and you got to admit that there's an issue. And I feel like the Air Force just sort of goes, oh, this is super sad. And then like two weeks later, we're like moving on with our lives, you know, and it's yeah. like. Make sure you go to your resilience resiliency training, you know. Yeah, and then you go to resiliency training for like, oh, why do we have to do this? Can we just go home? You know, people right. kind of forget. Right, but then on the on the aviation side, right? 
how many how many like stop gaps do we have to prevent class A mishaps? You know, like you have technical orders and ORM and uh, rest. Yeah, and it's just like it's like why aren't we like if if we're doing that to protect assets and prevent people from dying, like why aren't we doing why aren't we taking a similar approach to suicide? I I would agree with that. Mental <clears throat> health. You got kind of broke up there, but I yeah, uh, and and like, yeah, I mean, we kind of do that with ORM, where it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good to fly today. Like I have moderate fatigue or moderate personal distractions, but like, I don't think we really like carry that through. You know, like if someone was to mark that on their ORM, like, does anyone follow up after that and say, hey man, why were you? Did you not get a lot of sleep last night? Like, what's going on? Like, I I find that to be very. Uh, I I feel like if if it was more out in the open and people were talking about it more, that there would be more avenues for people to get help. You know. Yeah. Uh, just like there are, everyone is familiar with the avenues to report a safety incident. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I think the Air Force could do a better job of so. clear. Oh, sorry. I think the Air Force could do a better job of clearing up like with uh, mental health type of things. It's like it's like if you go down this road, you can do this, but you can't do that. If you do it on this road, you can do this or that, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you go to mental health, I believe from my like briefings and stuff that it won't affect your uh, flying and that type of stuff but like i think there's a general idea or like consensus that that's not true or like something would change or at least you'd be f- screwing over your bros that's that's the thing is like again the burden but i think yeah. what i mean like what would you say would be the equivalent of doing stop gaps or like preventative procedures for um safety to suicide i think it would be you know slow down the ops tempo right but I mean, that's not that's not happening. I don't know why. Yeah. But I, I will say not to to go back, but like they, I, if you go see mental health to be completely transparent, you can get denifed or denicked depending on your uh, your community. Um, just because, like, if, it, if the the therapist or licensed clinical social worker um, like diagnoses, like, hey, this this in their best judgment. Actually, and I'll, t- and I'll say this back. They, the, the therapist can't denif you, but they can make a recommendation to denif you, if that makes sense. So they'll say, hey, this person is not operating, you know, at the right um, or on all cylinders to, um, you know, control this, you know, multi-million dollar aircraft um, safely without you know, not necessarily he's going to harm himself or she's going to harm himself, but like their head's not clear enough. So they can recommend to, you know, your commander say, hey, I uh, recommend, you know, so-and-so um, be denifed for a certain amount of time. So they work this out. But that's yeah. the sidebar. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. I think I, what I meant was like, if you go, like if you initiate that, you're not automatically going to like get taken off of flying, if that makes correct. sense. Correct, correct. But if something, correct. if something comes out of it, but... Um, but yeah, th- I mean, that is a good point, Shark. Like the whole, you know, what are we doing to stop this? We're, it doesn't seem like we've, we've done anything really positive or substantial other than saying, hey, guys, if you need something, let us know. But it's like, we, I mean, we've all talked about this, too. Like, just like go with going to NIF if you're like feel feel like you have a cold or something. It's like, like you then you're that guy who's blowing up the schedule or something like that. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, everybody should be. I, Dude, if anybody says they're not good to fly, I'm like, cool, dude. Sounds, you know, we're fine. Like, if we yeah. have to cancel the story, whatever else, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it is that feeling of now you're that guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think we need to get better at that as a culture. And, like, the Air Force probably should step in and be like, I don't know, put down something to make this more concrete, you know. One well, thing that's, I've... The, that's the thing is, like, I told some of the younger guys this. I was like. There's literally not a sortie you could do right now. I don't care where you are in the world, what AOR you're operating in, what bombs you have on your airplane, like whatever. There's not a sortie 
launching today, right now, they you should not be able to ORM out of and people go, Yeah, man, sounds good. You know what I mean? Like like we're not fighting those kind of wars like where it's like, Hey man, I know you didn't give us a lot we've only got eight pilots in. We need all eight eight pilots up in the air. Like we don't fight those kind of wars right now. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to drop out, you know, or yeah. or say, Hey, I'm not good. You know? Um, you were kind of breaking up there. Is is he just is that just me or is And I'm not saying that I hear you breaking up too. You. Oh shit. Sorry. You got the um, you got the virus. <laughs> <laughs> the Skype virus. You have the Skype virus? Yeah, it spread from my computer, my fucking. Yeah. But no, I, I I agree with you though, Shark. I think I, I, that's all. That's all 100% true. Um, yeah. There's nothing that's gonna stop us from hacking the mission. Like where you personally, you can't um, say, "Hey, no." Like I gotta call, uh, knock it off on me. Yeah. I will say, I, I think one of the things that we can improve on is increasing access to mental health um providers and uh, not we now we do have access to mental health providers like you have you just have to go to you know the clinic or you have to go over to the hospital what i'm saying is i think it should be even more access where you actually have them in the squadron um especially if you're if you're in an op squadron or let's say you're working out of a building like you might like even if you have two or three squadrons in one building, I don't see a problem with having one licensed clinical social worker uh, slash therapist that works. And by seeing people go into the therapist or even have like we have what's called an inflect. I don't remember what that's called, what it stands for, but essentially they're like a counselor. So they don't offer therapy, but they can there's somebody who you can talk things over with, get advice and just kind of. If you're having a tough time, you can go talk to them. It's a military family life counselor. There you go. There you go. Boom. Nailed it. Crushed it. Is you just guess that make that up or you guessed it? No, it's it's 100% true. All right. Well, I think having the – well, we have one in my unit, and he's a rock star. Like, he he's not here there all the time, but, like, by seeing people go to him, like, just just – and he doesn't we know it's not nothing anything really necessarily bad it might be but by having people go to him it kind of decreases the stigma that somebody might have for wanting to get help and i i do think it's helped um a lot of people um even just seeing it and whether you do, whether you go to the inflect or you go to the lcsw uh having the access where you can go like hey I got like 30 minutes and like, I'm really struggling with this one thing. Can I go talk to you about this? I think that's better than having to go out of your way, go over to the hospital and then go talk to someone. Cause no one ever has a good experience when they have to go to the hospital, plain and simple. Um, it's just a pain in the dick. So. Yeah, it checks. Um, uh, Shark, I had to mute you because you're eating chips or something. I don't know what you're doing. By the way, I didn't know I could mute people, so uh, <laughs> that's a new tactic, I guess. But um, any, uh, we're right at the uh, right at time, actually. Um, yeah. But any other points or um, topics or uh, good memories? Oh, man, no. I wish uh, one thing. I wish I could <laughs> share with everybody and. I realize probably like I look at hindsight is like I joke around a lot and I'm a, I'm a jokester. If I'm not making fun of you, you're probably not well liked by me. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, it's not a very good character trait. I gotta say, <laughs> but I, I did a lot of joking around with Slagger and like, I know we did, uh, we did a couple eat up videos on him and I, w- I wish we, uh, I wish I could share them with you guys. And especially if you knew him, it makes so much more sensitive. In hindsight, there's so much more funny. Just now, it's like, man. But yeah, he's. Um, I know for me personally, wasn't super close to him, but he's definitely missed. And um, I think we're all kind of hurting and wondering and wish that Slag was still here. But um, I guess we move on, regardless. Yeah, I think. Um... The best thing I've heard about uh, dealing with people who have passed on is like, 
if you keep them in your memories, they're never truly gone, you know? So I think that's uh, very important to uh, always remember him and stuff like that, you know? Yep. And, oh. uh, and uh, the piano burn, uh, you guys, uh, there's, uh, there should be some follow-on events to... Uh, yeah, I really want to show up to that. I hope, so. I hope um, they pass out some information. I know Shake's been kind of taking that, leading the charge on that. So I'm definitely going to keep my eye out and ear out for that. Because I'll probably, I think I'll probably make the trip. Yeah, same. Is that is that going to be in uh, Ellsworth? Yeah. Okay. So a little cross continental for you there, but um, yeah. Anything else, Shark? Negative. Okay. All right. We will talk to you guys next time, and a uh, a toast to slag, huh? Yeah. All right. We'll see you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.